Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast, it's the Darkest Timeline Podcast. Darkest Timeline Podcast with a twist. Can a man who categorically says he's got nothing to talk about, talk about nothing for over an hour? Stay tuned to find out. Before that, please consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave us a review. You can leave reviews wherever you get your podcasts. But more commonly, it's like Apple Podcasts and Spotify, I believe, are the the big ones for reviews. Um, Yeah. Right. Let's find out what I've got to talk about this week and whether it's worth an hour of your time. Here we go. This is CookieCast, the Darkest Timeline podcast. Hello. How you doing? You all right? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, another one of those. Oh, I'm definitely going to start this podcast early. <laughs> he said. Um, it's finally happened, ladies and gentlemen. It's finally happened. Uh, I have completely exhausted everything to talk about. <clears throat> I've reached a point now where there is nothing to talk about. Um, and honestly, whereas week in, week out, I'm like, oh, I'm going to talk about it. And then I do an hour and a half's worth of podcast. I honestly don't believe I can drag out the three things I've got to talk about. <clears throat> so... Why have I got nothing to talk about? Have I been locked in the house for a week? No. Does it feel like it on some level? Kind of. Um, some weeks, there's very much that element of, oh, I need something to talk about on the podcast. Maybe this is it. Maybe this experience that's happening right now is the thing that I can talk about. Other times, there is like, wow, nothing has happened this week um, to talk about on the podcast, and it's Friday. And then by Monday, today, you're like, I think I'm going to have to cut something from my list of stuff to talk about, because there's just too much. Um, And everything in between. This week, I made myself very much aware of basically just saying... If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And let's see what that looks like. And what that looks like is... I had something from very early in the week. And then... I was taken all the way up to... Saturday, Sunday. So... Now then, what I will say is this. If you are here for entertainment type things... Well, you're in luck. There's plenty of that. So, what have we got to talk about this week? Um, I had a weird phenomena. Um, not entirely sure how to explain it. But I do know how to talk about it. Um, as I'm sure regular listeners will remember last week... Um, I was ill, still this ongoing sickness, whatever it was. Um, Interesting side note, starting to think I might have got a completely different illness uh, going on today. So, I had this problem where I was struggling to sleep. So, you know when you've got a cold... um, or uh, one of those kind of illnesses. And you have that thing where when you lie down, it makes you cough. And it makes you cough and cough and cough and cough and cough and cough and cough. And, cough and, cough and, cough and, cough and it gets worse and, worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. 
And it takes you like an entire day to realise that chances are if you just sat up, it'd probably sort out. But you're trying to sleep, it's bedtime, you're trying to go to sleep. So you lie down. So I had a series of nights where I was like coughing from lying down, disturbing everybody involved, um, and was like, right, smartest thing to do is remove the issue, which was myself, from the scenario, i.e. go and sleep on the sofa. The only person I'm disturbing then is the dog. Um, And quite frankly, he's disturbed enough as it is. So... What does that look like? Oh, it's a little bit something like this. Go to bed between half 11, half 12. Start coughing in that hour. Cough and cough and cough and cough and cough until basically about to be sick. Get up, get partially dressed, go downstairs. Lie on the sofa, cough and cough and cough and cough and cough. Drink water. Um, and then this was around about the time that I was like, well, hang on a minute, I'm only coughing when I lie down. So I would like prop myself up a bit on the sofa. Um, and then I'd be like, okay, but now I'm kind of awake. So there was this whole, like, be going to, you know, trying to go to bed at one and still being awake at two. Um... Realizing the error of my ways in trying to go to sleep, uh, I think I think it might have been the Monday night. I was like, "Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read." So, like reading until one o'clock in the morning, then trying to go to sleep, wide awake. So it's not too much of a stretch to think, you know, coughing can't sleep. That's, you know, that's reasonable. There was a couple of occasions where I was like, if I'm awake in 10 minutes, if I'm awake in half an hour, I'm just going to go and get on the treadmill because at least I can get the day started from a numbers perspective. Um, Got to get them steps, you know. So, <sighs> that was the situation on the nights. On the day, well, as we know, I have an alarm that goes off at half five for, you know, fun. But I was getting up. So if you go to bed at two and you get up at 5.30 and you start the day at 5.30, whatever that looks like, go and, you know, go out the door running go out the door to, um, no, no, go out the door to run, <clears throat> go and run and work out and all this, um, go to work, you know, that sort of stuff. The thought process would be, okay, uh, I was up late, I was up early, I was ex- expending, that's not the word, I was, what's the word, I've been really struggling with words recently, I was in a meeting at work today and I couldn't, I couldn't form proper sentences, I looked like a right muppet, um, expending, now I'm starting to think that is the right word, anyway, uh, you're using energy, so energy out, Small amount of sleep. I think we all know what's going to happen. Three o'clock in the afternoon rolls around. Tired. Need a nap. Need to go to sleep. What was strange was almost the opposite was happening. What do I mean by that? Over those days, I felt... Like, the most rested I've felt in a long, long time. So, day one, you think, that's absolutely a blip. It's just a weird phenomena, 
like I said, a phenomena. Oh, it's all going to hit me tomorrow. Oh, it's all going to hit me tomorrow. So when it happens on the second day, second day rolls around and it's the same. You're like, whew, it's going to only be a bad sign. It's definitely going to hit me tomorrow. By day three, alarm bells start ringing. Alarm bells are going off. Now then, there's a point in time where I'd have clearly gone, absolutely must be a superhero. This this confirms it. I'm a superhero. I no longer need sleep. And because I no longer need sleep, your mind starts coming up with all the possibilities, all the things that you can achieve now that you finally transcended sleep and you no longer need sleep. So, oh man, I can do this do that um i can start you know all of the all these wild plans um a, a friend of mine who shall remain nameless because they may or may not have been on the podcast before um doesn't need as much sleep as the rest of us So, they often talk about how, you know, they go to bed at a particular time and then come a certain time, they're up. And that's that's the day, that's the time that their day starts. Two, three o'clock in the morning, boom, day starts. And I'm like, my God, that must be awful. And simultaneously awesome. There is that part of me that wonders what what would you be able to achieve if you didn't need sleep. Um, so this is what I start thinking. I'm like, oh my god, I can achieve all of these things. Maybe this, maybe that, maybe the other. The possibilities were endless, ladies and gents. And then, almost as soon as my mind starts going down that route. I start going down a different route. Me being me, the way things go, the way things work. Um, oh, you're probably dying. That's probably it. Probably dying. That's why I don't need sleep anymore. It's <clears throat> reached an age now where everything's a tumour. Um, so every sort of slight ache or pain or twinge of a certain type... It's going to be a tumour. And I'm going to die. Um, so, from a point where I was like, I'm absolutely going to achieve so much with my newfound time. Next thing I'm like, wow. It's all going to be over soon. And I recently had a conversation with somebody. Um, and they were saying that they'd recently become... Um, I don't want to say obsessed. It's not obsessed. It's not the right word. See, can't remember words. Uh, it was probably a tumor. Um, <clears throat> what? Uh, what is the word I'm trying to come up with? Concerned. Should we go with that for now? Because my word. Um, concerned with death. Consumed. That's it. Consumed with thoughts of death. Not that. More of a, oh my god, I'm going to die. Oh my god, every pain means I'm dying. And I was saying something, I was like, I think it's an age thing. I think you reach a point in time and you say, this is it for me now. I am basically one day away from death. And some people would, would look at that as super motivating. Other people would look at that as super depressing. I suppose it depends how you're wired. I suppose it depends how you're built. Um, so, from the joys of not needing sleep anymore, to the misery of the fact that I was absolutely dying, um, you know, reflecting on my life, that kind of thing. Um, and then, 
So we're at day three. Night four, let's say. It's like, okay, my cough has eased somewhat, but I had a plan. I was like, the moment the cough starts, I'm going to get up and I'm going to utilize this newfound, newfound time, newfound energy. Because I wasn't tired. This was part of the problem. Wasn't tired. So, plans in place, ready to go. You already know what's coming. Because my cough had eased, just managed to go to bed and go to sleep. So, uh, yeah, pretty much everything back to normal. Um, some would say that's an anticlimax to the story. I would look at it this way. I think it's. I think it highlights life at this point in time. Life in this part at this point in time is very much a roller coaster of, hey, look, look what I could do, look what I could achieve, if I had more time. The pendulum swings the other way to, I haven't got more time because I'm dying. Life in your forties, ladies and gents, for all of you that aren't. So, definitely would have spoken about this before, but I thought it was important to talk about it again. That's not a sign that, you know, I've definitely not got anything to talk about this week. Um, <clears throat> so, weekend, all the children, all the children, weekend. Um... So, naturally, I'm like, right, we need an activity. Absolutely need an activity. We've got the majority of Saturday, the majority of Sunday. We absolutely need an activity. 100% above everything else, we need an activity. Reason why? Because I am not going to be in yet another position of what are we doing, what are we doing, what are we doing. And getting to the other side of the weekend, having done nothing... And been like, should have done something. So I was like, right, you guys need to decide what we're doing this weekend. Uh, you can do anything you want. Pick an activity. Uh, in fact, there's even some money. Granddad sent some money. Here's some, you know, here's some money. So you don't even need to worry about that. If you want to do an activity, there's money. Granddad sent some money. <clears throat> and I love the cross section cross-section of my three older children um, is my eldest has reached a point which part of me knew was always going to come was always on the cards part of me knew always going to happen another part of me definitely didn't think it was going to happen and that is my eldest daughter has had this this thing with, with fashion for a very long time. Which, like I say, part of me is not surprised about that in the slightest. I actually feel that I'm probably responsible in some way. Um, th there is another part of me that's like, she's definitely not going to be like that. But she's reached this point where a particular part of fashion is what she's all about so she zeroes in on this she's like hey let's go to the shops let's get some fashion on the go i'm like okay i'm i'm happy with that i'm down with that I'm, I'm good with that we can do that no problem you've got some money if you want to spend some money get fashion things i'm down uh middle daughter what do you want to do um, I would like to dress up. Mm, okay, not as much of an activity as I was looking for, but if that's what you want to do. Youngest daughter, what would you like to do? You can do absolutely anything you want. Do an activity. There's a bit of money. What do you want to do? You tell me. I want to... 
stay in the house. Like, proper, like, like, lockdown kind of situation. She's like, I want to stay in the house. I do not want to leave the house. Don't make me leave the house. I'm like, okay, that's pretty much the opposite of what I'm looking for. Okay, but I don't want to leave the house. Cool. So we've got, let's go shopping. Let's dress up and let's stay in. Cool. <clears throat> now then, something that I've learned over X amount of time is this. Not having an activity is a terrible idea. It is the ruin of everything. Absolutely everything. But, and this may come as no surprise, but there is a but, and that but is this. There is a time and a place to listen to what the small people are saying. Because what the people, what the what the children were saying was, my eldest wanted to go spend some money to get some fashion accessories. Because that's where she is in her life right now. My middle daughter wanted to dress up. Because that's where she is in her life right now. And my youngest daughter didn't want to leave the house. Because quite frankly, that's all she ever does. She is always going somewhere. So naturally, you would think the natural thing for her is she probably wanted a bit of downtime. However, <laughs> I would not take this because I've, I've, I know that this is a trap. This is a trap. Because even if I was like, yeah, that's fine. You guys just do what you want to do. I'll take the eldest. We'll go get some fashion accessory stuff. You guys can just play. If you remember, there was two days to fill. And that's a trap. So I pressed on. Right, okay, well, even if you guys do what you said you're going to do, that only fills one day. So what else are you going to do? So the next thing, it's like, oh, well, I've got this activity from Christmas that I've not done yet. Or I've got an activity from my birthday that I've only done half of. I'd like to do the rest. Okay. I've got another activity that I haven't even looked at. It's still in the box. Okay. I've got something that I need to do from Christmas. Okay. <clears throat> So, what we ended up with was a scenario where, that's right, there wasn't enough time in the day. So, um, me and my eldest have been um, toying with the idea of making something. Um, she got like this resin kit, uh, and I've watched a variety of different videos about different things that you can make with resin. And I made a suggestion to her at one point that there's, um, you could make like a, it's hard to explain what it is, it's like a, a, a pyramid out of resin. If you get a particular thing, like a mold, you put your resin in and you make a pyramid. It's a much longer explanation than that. I don't feel like I've got the time, you know, I've got a lot to talk about. <clears throat> so, um, for Christmas, I bought her the, uh, the mold for the resin and it has sat in the box sealed since christmas bearing in mind middle of april she's like hey let's do that I'm like absolutely that sounds like a fantastic idea we can get a couple of layers done this weekend because it's a whole 24 hour drying cycle thing um so we can do that do a couple of layers this weekend do 
um, more in the future. How was that? Um, she's also got a, or had, a terranium. I think that's how it's said. Um, which needed the plants planting. So that was what, that's what she had to do, all this. There was the fact that my middle daughter had um, some plaster of Paris painting stuff to do. She wanted to do that. Um, Leanne's like, hey, it's Sunday. Let's go to a cafe and do that. And from me being in the, look, I just don't want us to be sat around twiddling our thumbs and me spend an entire 48 hours going, what are we doing? So from there to... Actually, I'm not sure we've got enough time to do it all. Um, who was it? Oh, my middle daughter had some um, seeds to plant. And I had to say to her, I'm, if I'm honest, I don't think we've got the time to do that. <clears throat> what is the moral of the story? I hear literally nobody ask. Surprising. It might surprise might be surprising. Jesus, man learns talk. Um, there is a moral to this story. And I think the morals of the story is don't get too obsessed. Like I say, I've been caught in the trap. I've been caught in the trap of I don't want to do anything this weekend. And then by the end of the weekend, it's that. Like, you, you want to kind of have a dedicated screaming pillow. Or you want to go out into the middle of a field and do that screaming therapy that was big about 15 years ago. I've been there and it's the worst. There was a Sunday, I might have mentioned it, there was a Sunday a few weeks back where I started the day by saying, what are we doing today? And at the end of the day, I think I'd said the phrase, what are we doing today, about 400 times. And ultimately, the answer was nothing. And ultimately, the answer should have been, I should have just left the house. I should have left them to it. And I should have gone and done something on my own. Because by the end of the day, I was tearing my hair out. And I was like, oh my word, I needed to do something today. But nobody else did. And I should have left them to it. And I should have gone and done something on my own. So there we go. The last thing to talk about this week, I know. The last thing to talk about this week is one of my favourite subjects. Going to bring it back. So I'm going to talk about how truly awful Sundays are. From an exercise perspective. I actually think it's getting worse. I got to work today. And I was explaining to people that. in At that point. Nine o'clock in the morning. In the last 12 hours. I'd spent two of those 12 hours. Bearing in mind I was asleep for some of it. Two of the last 12 hours. On the treadmill. Reason being, I needed to spend an hour. I think it was actually more than that. Um, hour and 20, hour and a half, whatever. On the treadmill last night. To claw my way through getting the numbers I needed. To complete the day. I was <sighs> Here's how it breaks down I can give you a very simple and easy breakdown The simple and easy breakdown is this I need on average 11 miles Whether that's running some of it Walking some of it I need an on average 11 miles And on average I can achieve Without even breaking a sweat. Four and a half miles. Now. I'm not the quickest at maths. But I can tell you this. Four and a half miles. Is not 11 miles. And. 
it's nowhere near 11 miles. That's the average. It depends on a lot of different factors. But ultimately, that's the average. <clears throat> Once upon a time, there was a situation where swimming would have done a big chunk of it for me. Yoga would have done a chunk of it for me. Two things that I haven't done for quite some time. Um, almost hilariously, halfway through the morning, my middle daughter said to me, I'd really like us to go swimming. And I'm like, we could have gone swimming today, but nobody wanted to. So we didn't. Yeah, I'd really like us to go swimming. Cool. Me too. Not that me too. Um, so what, 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 was it, what does it look like? What does it end up like? What it ends up like is by 10, 10.30 last night, I can barely walk. Knowing that in seven hours time, I'm going to be getting back out of bed. I'm going to be getting out of bed to go and attempt to run five and a half miles. So, oh my God, I, I absolutely, I completely forgot I had something to talk about that I didn't write down on my list. Oh, that's going to annoy me now. Let me get through this and we'll see. So, I can barely walk. That's how I finish the day. Knowing full well that I'm going to get up and have to do the same. Literally hours later. <clears throat> what actually happened was ever so slightly different. Ever so slightly different looks like I wake up and go, Oh, I don't feel very well. And I feel that if I leave the house and go for a run right now, it's probably not a very good idea. Doesn't change the fact I still need to run, so it's probably a good job. There's a treadmill. Jump on the treadmill. Um, I, I assure you there was a lot less jumping than you'd imagine. I am... Oh, man. I know, like I say, I know I keep bringing the subject up and I keep talking about it, but the fact that there just doesn't seem to be an answer... Anyway, let's talk about something that I completely forgot to talk about that was actually partially interesting. Um, completely randomly, me and Leanne sat in the living room the other day and showed us something on YouTube on the TV. And you know when it does that thing where you finish watching the video that you've been watching and it gives you suggestions for other videos, there was a video there on the screen and it was talking about the science behind why you should pick your feet up when you run and i was like you know something this could this video could either be really interesting or a load of horseshit there's only one way to find out so i put it on Lion was like i can't get on with this guy he's he had a he had a, an accent um but he was a scientist who talked about like the science of fitness and went through why it is you're supposed to pick up your feet when you run. And I was like, this is absolute horseshit. Because it was talking about how if you pick your feet up and you pick your knees up and you do all this, it uses less energy than if you just shuffle along. And I was like, it's physically impossible to exert more energy and use less energy. It's not possible. However, I'm a sucker for science. So if you can tell me scientifically that something works, I will test that theory. So, I went out the next day, I went for a run. I made a concerted effort to pick my feet up, pick my knees up. And I noticed two things. One, no, I noticed three things. One, the guy was right. It was less effort. I I understood the science. There was a pendulum involved. I got it. Two, not only did it feel physically faster, there were points in time where I had I felt like I had to slow myself down, physically 
slow myself down. Number three, when I got home and I checked the stats, my thing told me that I'd done a standard run in a lot less time. We're not talking a few seconds. We're talking several minutes less time. There you go. Science has been proven. Um, that's it. That's the week. Not a lot to go through. However, we're not done yet. Um, last year, I felt last year, there was a distinct increase in talking about albums. I remember there was a lot of talk about albums. New albums. Not so new albums albums that were just covers and other such things um last year there was the release of a couple of albums that i really enjoyed one of those albums um the machine head album that was released last year it was absolutely phenomenal um so much so that i reached a point where i was like i have to stop listening to this album because i honestly don't think i will ever stop listening to it so I need to stop listening to it so that I don't murder it. And if you don't believe me, ironically, there is a there is a Machine Head album that I listen to that much at a certain point in my life that I physically cannot listen to that album now. So, so like last year was a big for me personally a big album year, and I'm talking like I think there was four albums and. If you if you understand from my perspective, a man whose musical taste is fairly firmly stuck in the nineties and two thousands, don't get a lot of new music. So, however, uh, Friday last week we did get. A new Metallica album. Now then, here we go. Let's talk about it. So, I've listened to it multiple times since then. Because that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to listen to a new album, get a feel for it. <clears throat> he says, I cannot get a feel for this album, no matter how hard I try. So, Metallica released, pretty sure it's four singles in the run-up to the release of this album. Honestly, my feelings towards those singles were mixed. I think the first one they released, I was like, man, this is good. Then they released another one, I was like, ooh, it's definitely not as strong as the first one. Then they released another one, and I was like, the third one... I thought the third one might have been slightly better, and then they released a fourth one, and I was like, eh, not. Not as not as good. So they have these four singles, but you know, four singles. You listen to them on repeat a bit here and there, and the next thing you know, when they come on, you sing along. Job done. The album's released. I start blasting it literally seven o'clock in the morning, and away we go. First track, one of the singles, no problem. Job done. I cannot get a read on this album because this is what I want to say but what I want to say I don't think is very productive also I imagine if I reviewed this album now I'd probably end up having to do a completely different review further down the line so that's what I'm planning on doing me and a friend of mine used to do a um I think when you reviewed a game for a, for a friend, 24 hours, <coughs> 48 hours. <coughs> and I think the third one was like 72 hours to, to a week. You know, some games, you ain't going to get a week out of them. So, um, so I'm going to do a similar sort of thing. I'm going to do what's probably like a 72-hour review, which is ironic because the album's 72 seasons. Initial feelings. The singles are a lot better now the album's been released. 
One of the weirdest things about this album is that the third and second to last songs are two of the best songs on the album. Just feels weird. On, On a first listen through, I was getting towards the back end of the album, I was getting a bit disillusioned with the album, and then these two absolute bangers came in, and I was like, hey, this album's redeemed itself right at the very end. (sighs) The last track doesn't do a lot for that. I hoped it would finish super strong, and I could just be like, hey, whatever this album is, the singles are great, and the back... The real back end is the is the is the meat. Um, what I will say is this: this is a band that wants to remind you that they made load and reload. This is a band that wants to remind you that they did the um, cover album, Garage Inc. And this is also the band that wants to remind you that they have put out two really good albums in their later years so push all of that condense all of that down into what I think is 12 tracks that's kind of what you're working with what I will say is this and this is the bit I think that I will end up retracting when I review this album later further down the line What I will say is this. There are huge chunks of this album that feel initially super forgettable. I can tell you what's going on with those singles. I can tell you what's going on with those two tracks at the back end of the album. I couldn't pick the other tracks out of a lineup. There is a super weird thing where it feels like the singles are louder than the rest of the album, and that makes no sense. It's a super weird thing. I think I only felt it when I first started listening to it. I don't think I feel it as much now. It might have been when I only had one earphone in. I don't know. I can't explain it. But initially, I was like, why are the singles so much louder than the rest of the album? It might have been a weird download, which has corrected itself over time. I don't know. What it feels like is, when the album's on, and the tracks are on, and you're listening to it, you're starting to get a feel, you can maybe sing along a little bit, you know, that kind of thing. The moment that track finishes, if somebody asked you a question about it, you couldn't tell them a single thing about it. Honestly, that's the weirdest thing. Because, I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat this, Metallica have released some absolute doozies. Do we need to talk about Saint Anger? No, no we don't. I think even they don't admit that it exists anymore. But you know those tracks... Because you know just how truly awful they are. This isn't that. This is like music that wants you to know that it's there and wants you to know that it exists, but also wants you to forget about it completely after it's finished. Maybe there's an element of it it makes you want to listen to it again. It... I honestly, 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 I feel that further down the line, I'm going to come back to this review and be like, I don't know what I was talking about. The album's fine. It's a strange experience. Ironically speaking, I once tried my hardest to really like a Machine Head album from a few years back. And I reached a point where I had to just say, you know what? This is not a good album. There was a lot of pirate-themed stuff. And, like, Irish jigs. And all sorts of stuff that made literally no sense. And after a while, I just had to say, Do you know what? I don't like this album. 
And I don't think I've listened to it since. Obviously, they made up with it with an absolute banger last year. That is my current review of the Metallica album. I can almost guarantee that it will change. Um, so look out for my next review of the Metallica album. Um, TV-wise, literally nothing. Me and Leanne are still watching The League. Uh, very much in the back end now. Back end of series six, which means there's only one series left. So there's that. Um, I have been watching um, something animated in my own time. Not going to go into that. So we're going to have to jump straight to the movies. And have I got some movies for you? So, anybody remember I was watching the Rockies? Good. I watched Rocky Four, which, can we agree, is the definitive Rocky movie? I had a conversation with someone on today who I knew would appreciate that I'd been watching the Rocky movies. And they said, three's the best. And I was like, is it? Because I truly believe that Rocky Four has the, it's got the formula right. First three films, testing things here, testing things there, but the formula is absolutely perfect by Rocky Four. The only thing I wish was different between three and four is I wish the opponents were different. To me, Mr. T, Clubber Lang, was the definitive Rocky bad guy, if you like, opponent, if you like. He was the one. Whereas Drago, Ivan Drago, can be summed up in one simple, tiny scene, which was that he was chemically enhanced, shall we say. And ultimately, the moment that came into it, it was like, oh, well, then it's not fair. So, it doesn't count. Um, there's that part of me that wants them to have switched those two bad guys around. I did watch Rocky IV. Rocky IV has hit the point of, yes, we can absolutely do the definitive Rocky because there's not one but two training montages there's also um, a musical flashback all of that um, it's it's the definitive Rocky I watched it, thoroughly enjoyed it job done now then we have this difficult the difficult point in time, the difficult thing to discuss, and that is, what did you do about Rocky Five? Well, I am not too much of a man to admit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that I did not watch Rocky Five. I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. Rocky Five is one of the worst films ever made, and I just, I just can't do it. Um, you know, every time I do a, a Rocky watch through, I'm like, okay, grit your teeth and grin and bear it and all of that. Well, I'm afraid this time round, it just it just wasn't for me. So, move straight on to Rocky Balboa. This is where things start to get a little weird. I've seen Rocky Balboa a couple of times. Rocky Balboa reminds me a lot of the first Rocky because there's not a lot of boxing going on. There's a lot of friends and family and emotions and all of that stuff that's happening. Not a lot of boxing. The training montage in Rocky Balboa is short. Is probably the best way to describe it. And something I realised watching it this time. Every Rocky film has a bad guy. Rocky 1, Apollo Creed. Rocky 2, 
Apollo Creed, Rocky 3, Clubber Lang, Rocky 4, Ivan Drago. Rocky 5 even has a bad guy. You could essentially say it has two bad guys. Three if you want to go nuts. Pretty sure you could class Paulie as a bad guy in the fifth one. And every other one. Anyway, we're not getting into the Paulie issue. Rocky 5 has a bad guy. Rocky Balboa. Does not have a bad guy. Rocky Balboa has World Heavyweight Champion. Who is very clear with him. Look, this is an exhibition. I'm happy to carry you. I'm happy to give the people a good show. But don't get ahead of your station on this one. If you if you come at me, I'm going to teach you a lesson. That is not him being a bad guy. That is him being perfectly straight. That is him saying... Look, we can, you know, we can all we can all do well out of this. We can have a great time. Um, give give the people who have paid the money to see us a, a really good show, and that's that. But don't forget, I am the heavyweight champion of the world. Not a bad guy. That is a very respectable thing to do. It's nothing to do with him that Rocky's like. I'm gonna I'm gonna beat this guy. I'm gonna beat this guy. <clears throat> Also, we have to kind of ignore the very, very strange relationship situation that's going on in Rocky Balboa. Don't even know where to start with that situation. And I guess we just have to kind of move on. So let's move on. Obviously, once you watch, once you watch Rocky Balboa, you have to watch Creed. It's the, it's the done thing. Recently, there's been a little bit of controversy around the Creed films. Not the first one, not the second one. I think I think we can all guess which one I'm talking about. Sylvester Stallone has been very vocal about his opinions with regards to certain things. Sylvester Stallone is not in the third Creed film, and Creed has basically become... Michael B. Jordan's franchise. I believe he directed Creed 3. And that's that. Rocky is no longer part of it. Sylvester Sloan has a lot to say about it. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the first Creed film. I have seen the first Creed film and the second one before. However, watching it this time, realised... Hmm... Didn't remember a lot about it. I remember the gist. So there was the whole, like, Rocky not being well. Completely forgot about that. Absolutely completely forgot about that entire side of the film. Um, There's the love interest, you know, Valkyrie from the MCU. There was something else I was saying I was saying to them that I'd completely forgotten. The weird sort of contender setup. He, he you know, there is a lot again, there's a lot of kind of call back to that first Rocky um Adonis Creed or Donny Johnson, whichever name you want to go with, is very much a self-taught boxer. Personally. Not entirely sure how that's going to work out, but hey, self-taught boxer. Um, who's looking to be trained to become a better boxer, and then ultimately, within the space of two legitimate fights, one legitimate fight, very much like Rocky, ends up in a situation where he gets to fight for the World Heavyweight Championship belt, title, whatever. So there's that aspect. It's very, you know, very reminiscent of, of Rocky. Um, there is a lot. I I, I kind of wish I'd have just recorded the conversation I had with Len. There is a lot to go through and to break down in Creed. Um, the weird kind of sub-story about what's going on with the heavyweight champion and that, you know, he needs to get a fight in quick, shall we say. Um, the fact that he's 
the fact he's from Liverpool, the fact that his trainer is the guy from Rambo, not the first Rambo, not the second or the third, the fourth Rambo film. Uh, as Leanne said, she was like, "Oh, so I just, I guess, I guess Sylvester Sloan just, you know, still had his number. I just gave him a ring." Um, it's not a bad film. It's perfectly serviceable. What I will say is this: this was around about the time where Sylvester Sloan started looking towards the future of cinema and started using. A lot of CG. And oh my word, it's terrible. There's this really like painful on the eye scene so far through where um, Rocky and Paulie are supposed to be looking at a, like a bit of land. And it's hard to watch, it's hard on the eyes. Then there's a load of stuff at the back end where they're clearly doing the... <clears throat> oh, he's absolutely surrounded by 50,000 people. They're definitely not computer-generated. Again, painful on the eyes. Um, yeah, there's some strange aspects to the first Creed movie. Not a bad film. Um, I have started Creed 2... Um, but literally first 10, 15 minutes, whatever. Um, so look out for that next week, maybe. Computer game wise. So after getting the game for Christmas and having a variety of different breaks, um, I can tell you that I have finished Need for see Need for Speed Unbound. In some ways, that might come as a surprise to me as much as anyone else. Thoroughly enjoyable game. Very much um, one of those. Once you get over the fact that you're not going to win many races, um, it's a lot more enjoyable. Um. I need to get this. I need to get this out early. Something I really wish they'd done is spread out some of the cars. So I had this situation where, like, early on in that game, I think I had like one car, two cars to do like B and A missions, races, whatever. And then, you know, you get like an A-plus car and you get an S car and an S-plus car. But that's for like three quarters of the game. And then, all of a sudden, you start winning cars and having an opportunity to go and do specific races to win cars. But by that point of the game, you've kind of got your core... Cars that you use for a variety of different tiers for races. And those lower tiers don't appear as often. You're more in your A+, plus, S, S+, plus kind of area. So you only need those tiered cars. So you've got this situation where all of a sudden you get flooded with a load of new cars. But you don't need them. And what would have made a lot more sense is if you got them earlier in the game to spice it up a little bit. Um, I bought a couple of cars towards the back end of the game and then got to that point where I couldn't, I couldn't get enough money to upgrade them enough and they weren't actually as good as a car that I'd won earlier in the game. It was, it was a really good game. It was a great game. Um, really taught me a lot about like how to look differently at games. You know, when somebody says, this is a racing game, you will not win. You go, what? What do you mean? You'll never win a race in this game. Okay, so what's the objective? The objective is to just get better. That's the object of the entire game. 
Um, honestly, I would put it up there against a lot of other racing games. Um, there are a lot of racing games that I thoroughly enjoy. And I would say Need for Speed Unbound is up there at the top. Let's face it, it's never going to be Burnout Paradise, but nothing is. Burnout Paradise was possibly the best racing game ever made. So, what does a man play when he's been taught at length by a game to maybe look at games differently? Well, I'll tell you this much. By the time I'd finished a racing game, I was itchy. I was itching to shoot something. I was itching to fire a a gun by a man on a TV using a, a games controller. That's right. So, I'm like, what can I play? What can I play? Recently, I've watched, uh, not a lot, but a few videos where people on the internet want to convince me that a game that I have absolutely panned for years is actually good. You know those videos. You won't believe how good this game is. You're damn right I won't. i tell you something. This game is a lot better than I thought. Well, that's not true. So I've been watching these videos and I'm like, why do these videos make this game look ten times better than I know it is? Then I saw something. I saw a video that said, hey... This game is better when you kind of role-play it. You get a load of friends together, you play it together, you have a great time, or play it on your own with a squad. Um, and it's actually good if you put yourself in a particular kind of mindset. Now then, as we know, I've just played a game that taught me to look at things with a different mindset. Some of you have worked out what game I'm talking about. For the rest of you, I'm going to tell you. Ghost Recon Breakpoint. The sequel that was nowhere near as good as the game that came before it. Ghost Recon Wildlands, let's face it, it's probably my favourite game. Ghost Recon Breakpoint was an abomination that should have never existed. Also, I thought. Now, like I say, I've watched a lot of videos. So there's an element of maybe peer pressure, maybe brainwashing, maybe a combination of the two. However, these videos made the game look fun, and I know that that's not true. However, I also remembered don't forget, you finished this game, you played it from start to finish. And you finished this game. Hmm, that's interesting. There must have been something there. There have been a variety of different changes to the game over the years. I don't know if those changes make the game any better. And I certainly didn't think I was going to get anything from it. But there was something that told me, you need to reinstall Breakpoint and give it a fair chance. Like I say, I played it, I finished it. Can't give him a much fairer chance than that. I was like, right, okay, I'll do that. I will do that. What I can say is this. There may be some brainwashing going on. Maybe some conditioning, some peer pressure or whatever. Or maybe it's just where I'm at. In life, in gaming... Maybe there is the element of me that has resigned myself to knowing that I'm never going to get a new game. Because new games are far too expensive, so I have to enjoy what I've got. Maybe it's that. Maybe that part of me goes, hey, you need a massive game to play because you're going to be in this game drought for a while, my friend. Who knows? But I've been playing Breakpoint for a few days now. And I've been really enjoying it. It's not as good as Wildlands. It's not as polished as Wildlands. The vehicles are still terrible. Some of the mission structures are just bizarre. Almost every aspect of it as a game are not as good as its predecessor. 
A lot of that doesn't make any sense. The fact that you can never get used to a gun that you're using because you change guns every eight seconds. Maybe it's one of any of these reasons. I cannot tell you what the reason is, but recently I've been really enjoying playing Ghost Recon Breakpoint. And with that bombshell, I'm going to remind you that at the start of this podcast, I said that I didn't have anything to talk about this week. Whatevers. I'm going to catch you next time. Take it easy. So there we go. Never let it be said that when you've got nothing to talk about, you can't make nothing last for a while. I don't know what happened. I honestly thought under half an hour out of the door clean. Hey-ho. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for being here and being a part of the Cookie Cast crew. If you are a member of the Cookie Cast crew, you'll absolutely want to get on that subscribe button. Click the like, share the podcast around, drop a review, check out the website, thecookiecast.com. There you can use some of our social media links or email button to get in touch with us. Right, there we go. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to this episode of Quickie Cast.